0: The cost to house prisoners has shot up 90% over the past decade. This is despite the closure of three prisons and the cancellation of a state contract with a private prison. So what gives? Joining us to discuss is Brian Caneda, the Deputy Director of Californians United for a Responsible Budget, or CURB, which is an organization dedicated to reducing imprisonment in our state by developing deep economic analysis about how it's actually financially better for all of us to reduce prisons. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Kat. How are you? I'm doing all right, glad we're connecting. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. It's rainy here in Southern California.
0: Oh, it's rainy here in Northern California too. Uh, Brian, 90% in a decade, that is a massive jump. What has happened that caused such a spike in numbers? And specifically, please talk about the peace officer's contract and the medical provider's contract.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, these are great questions for anybody, all of us to be asking right now because the math ain't in somewhere. Um, And this increase in per prisoner spending to uh, over $132,000 per person annually in California, it's a lot of money, and that amount is 50% higher than the cost for someone to attend Stanford University. So you know, these are hundreds of millions of dollars we're talking about. And this comes amid decreasing prison populations. That's a substantial fiscal challenge in light of California's budget deficit. And there'll be further impacts by a significant rise in staffing costs. That's a billion dollar raise over three years for CDC, our corrections officers. And I wrote about this topic for the Fresno Bee last year, really questioning the power of CCPOA, which you mentioned, that's the union, quote unquote, representing corrections officers. And I say union in quotes, because a better term would be law enforcement special interest groups because they have virtually nothing in common with the labor movement as we know it, uh, and they wield vast power in Sacramento. The actual cost to house uh, a a person in prison in California is much closer to around $15,000. Direct costs include things such as food and clothing, but the remainder, which is really over 90% of spending, comes from fixed costs like correction officers' salaries, uh, medical care, and facility upkeep.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at this article from Cal Matters that says Newsom's most recent budget proposal includes 18.1 billion for the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, up from 15.7 billion when he took office in 2019. That is a massive jump. And I was trying to, to look if I could see the the medical providers, uh, Prison Doctors Union, uh, which represents 1,700 employees. They've negotiated a two-year contract with a combined 5.5% general salary increase and a range of other incentives, estimating the cost of $234 million over three years. It's a lot of money. That is a and lot you of know money. And I, oh, go. Please go. Yeah,
1: no, I I mean, you know, uh, and I have uh, a lot of empathy for folks in the medical field working in California prisons because, you know, they're horrible places. Um, And a lot of these folks are trained um, uh, to save people's lives and they're in a place that's not really set up to do that. Um, And, you know, there are very high vacancy rates for medical professions in California prisons. And that's led to a reliance on temporary staff, which is more costly. I think California has spent more than a billion dollars on temporary medical staff over the past couple of years.
0: This is, we, as we mentioned, this, this rise in cost is happening despite these recent prison closures and a reduction in the prison population. How many more prison closures would we need to get these numbers down? And is the governor open to that?
1: Well, I mean, we hope that he is. Uh, Prison closure generally can save the state between 150 to $200 million. So really you're looking at a lot of long-term annual savings. Uh, Right now, California has closed three prisons, uh, two officially, one on the way, uh, and we're already seeing savings of upwards of $700 million annually. Um, However, all this money is going right back into the system. Uh, And despite the reduction in prisoner populations. You know, we're at about 100,000 people in California prisons and that's down from 130,000 just a decade ago. Uh, The path toward future prison closures has stalled a little bit. The Department of Finance under Governor Newsom, which is where he gets all of his fiscal advice, they've announced that there's no additional closures planned. So the focus really seems to have been shifted to uh, how they think about rehabilitation programs in prisons. Such as the planned three hundred and sixty million dollar San Quentin building project, which you know uh, Newsom's own handpicked advisory council has said it, is too expensive. Initiatives like that and the California model, all of these things might be a Trojan horse for new prison spending. The California model is Newsom's experiment with Nordic style incarceration, so building kindler, gentler cages. Um, so this complicates the state's approach to reducing incarceration costs. I think it's pretty imperative that all of us call attention to this shift away from prison closures. Even last week, New York's governor moved to potentially close another five prisons, which I believe uh, would be 11 total in the past year. So California is falling behind and we need to uh, amp up our work on our criminal justice reform in this state.
0: For folks just tuning in, we're talking to Brian Caneda, Deputy Director of Californians United for Responsible Budget. We are discussing the pretty dramatic spike in uh, per-prisoner spending in California prisons. I actually did want to dig in a little bit deeper to uh, Newsom's new talking points about rehabilitation, as if that's Mm -hmm. what can ever happen in prisons. Can you say more about the plan for San Quentin for my listeners?
1: Well, um, the San Quentin Advisory Council produced a report in December that outlined an overarching vision um, for what transforming San Quentin could look like. Um, And there are a lot of good ideas, but I think the main takeaway from the report is that the money allocated for the building, which is supposed to be, you know, the diamond in the crown of this experiment, uh, is far too expensive. And there's been a general acknowledgement that the plan was a little ill-conceived. There was lots of big ideas and details to come. uh, And people aren't necessarily sure if it's the right strategy to focus all of our attention at one prison here in California while there are so many basic needs going unmet. And remember, you know, CDCR is an institution that hasn't um, historically done great with rehabilitation. You know, they tacked that R onto their name uh, in 2005. uh, And I think anybody who has loved ones inside will tell you there's not a lot of rehabilitation happening inside California prisons. Something really notable is that there were no currently incarcerated people on the San Quentin Advisory Council. And there is actually an organization inside of San Quentin called the People in Blue made up of all uh, currently incarcerated people that have produced recommendations on how there can be culture change at San Quentin. And you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily take a $360 million building it could maybe just start by calling people by their given names instead of a number.
0: I don't know if you have the answer to this, Brian, but or if anything is even laid out this clearly. But when they're talking about rehabilitation, does that include like benchmarks that create pathways out of prisons for folks? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think that will all. Remains to be seen Um, and hopefully in the coming months, we'll better understand, like, what they actually have planned for San Quentin because they released this report and you know a lot of it's really good, but is it just gonna sit on a shelf somewhere? Because the actual budget doesn't really allocate or direct um, any specific funds towards the California model, except for programs that already seem to kind of be up and running. So it'll be interesting to see what recommendations from the Advisory Council's report actually make it to some kind of reality um, from inception to execution.
0: Got it. Brian, this increase in prison spending is happening when the state is dealing with a budget deficit, I think it was like $38 billion. Can you lay out how the governor's plan cuts other areas much more dramatically than prisons and how he's justifying that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he is uh, taking... uh, A lot of time to justify it. So I think that's our big question for him is, you know, when you could cut prison spending, why are you cutting transportation or housing? Um, Some of these areas up to 30%. So we're seeing dramatic budget cuts that could lead to a culture of austerity and abandonment instead of, you know, focusing on the department that has the clearest avenue to reduce prison spending, uh, to reduce spending in the long term and that's by closing California prisons. And CDCR has a path forward um, for a more responsible budget. Uh, We just need lawmakers to encourage them to uh, take it on.
0: And, And just to connect some dots, like when we talk about cutting funding for housing at a time where homelessness across the state, across the country, is exploding when people are unhoused, that ends up being a pipeline into jails and prisons, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, instead of investing $360 million in a building, for San Quentin, it might be smart to think about how we capture the cost savings from prison closure um, and from all reductions to corrections spending to invest in the solutions that address the root causes of harm, uh, like housing, healthcare, uh, jobs, all of the things that we know actually keep our community safe.
0: Brent, and I, I know we've talked about this before, um, but I, I wanna bring it up again. You talked about you know having empathy for medical providers. Um, the one thing is that a lot of the folks who work in these prisons are black and brown folks, and they are some of the highest Mm -hmm. paid jobs folks can get. What plan, I know you'll have thought about this, what is the plan for them if prisons close?
1: Yeah, I I think that's super important. And we advocate for a just transition to a healthy economy. Uh, Prisons are notoriously uh, bad drivers of economic growth, and even though they're well-paying jobs, I don't think they're very good jobs because there's a lot of trauma in spaces like that. Um, So, you know, we hope that there would be other opportunities through workforce development that would allow folks who are interested in transitioning out of that career, maybe to somewhere that is better suited to their skills and and, uh, abilities. And that being said, you know, we want quality professionals to work. Um, with our incarcerated folks. um, There's no reason why the money that is flowing through CDCR can't be better utilized for currently incarcerated people. I think something like three or four percent of CDCR's budget actually goes to rehabilitation. Um, And a, a pillar of Newsom's California model is reinventing cdcr as a as a trauma-informed organization which seems laudable but it's hard for my brain to reconcile since (laughs) it is the prison itself that is so traumatizing Um, And that's sort of the meat of it. California hasn't been able to do the bare minimum for incarcerated people. And and that really needs to be dealt with before anything else. And uh, I also think there's a general workforce question that's important in healthcare, which I also see at the local level. Folks working with the most marginalized populations um, aren't competitively paid. And that is contributing to, for example, California's mental health crisis. So there's a lot to unpack.
0: Brian, any other recommendations for how we get out of this egregious prison spending that I haven't asked you about?
1: Well, CURB advocates for a strategic approach to reduce prison spending, including accelerated prison closures and reallocating funds toward community services and alternatives to incarceration. And so we're aiming to address the budget deficit while promoting a more equitable criminal legal system. And that means calling on the administration to announce at least five more prisons for closure this budget cycle that wraps up in June. And we know a lot of legislators agree with us. All of our numbers are supported by current data. closed pr- prisons, you know, close prisons save billions and that's billions annually, real long-term savings that will positively impact California's ability to better invest in our social safety
0: net. All right, Brian, I've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: I appreciate you Kat, take care.
0: You too. Brian Kaneda is the Deputy Director of Californians United for a Responsible Budget, or CURB, which is an organization dedicated to reducing imprisonment in our state by developing deep economic analysis about how it's actually financially better for all of us to reduce prisons. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive.